is Robbie with Believe in the Run. This is Brandon with Believe in the Run. And this is Megan with Believe in the Run. Wow, that was weird. So yeah. weird. We're starting 2023 real weird. Yeah, Thomas this is odd. Thomas was fired over yeah, the weekend. We yeah. actually decided that we, we, we kind of had a team vote and uh, He's out. Thomas is off the yeah. team. Sorry. So rest in peace, Thomas, <laughs> and all your podcast dreams. Just kidding. Uh, Wait, what is the deal with Thomas? He's real sick. He um, didn't even get out of bed this morning. I came back from my run. He was still there. And I was like, how you doing? And he just said, uh. Oh, zombie, zombie yeah. moan. Yeah. Dude, I, poor guy. Was... He got the COVID shot last week, so that clearly is not working. Didn't or... he feel sick after that? Yeah. And then he felt fine? Mm-hmm. And now and he's then... got some sort of, he thinks it's like a sinus infection. Oh. I don't know. There's a lot of sicknesses going around. I know. And you know what? It's not great timing for me. Yeah. You, you just need to make it one more week. Yeah. What are the chances? It of will that? be. It is kind of is good timing though, right? It's taper. You, you can. Know, I don't want to get sick. But it, you could just hang out for a week doing nothing. <laughs> I feel no, and like. then it lingers. And then on race day, I'll be all in my head. Mm, let's just let's just i'm just not gonna get sick okay we'll all right, all right. That. yeah exactly you're just gonna dodge it when it comes you're just like you're just gonna do like a little swerve there we go yeah mm. got it yeah it's got to be agile mm-hmm. i'm my kids were off and on coughing and stuff somehow i dodged the bullet so I don't know, hopefully i didn't get what thomas had i guess we'll see i know we're all in a limbo right now Ro- robbie comes in at least once a week and he's like, oh, guys, like, I'm yeah. not feeling well. I'm really I sick I never today. get actually sick. Like, I've never, <laughs> like, I don't think I've had the flu in, like, 20 years. But it's always just the same exact kind of sick. It's, like, scratchy throat a little bit, head yeah. cold. lasts for, like, three or four days. And it's just annoying. Yeah. I don't know. I'd rather it be knock me out so I can just watch Netflix. <laughs> it's, like, never serious enough to, like, not do your work. You know, it's yeah. like you still got to come in and still do what you got to do. Yeah, I still have to take care of my kids. Yeah, which just makes it worse. Anyways. <laughs> yeah, enough of the sick talk. Well, we actually haven't done the podcast in two weeks because we pre-recorded one of the, the, the end of year recap. So how was everyone's holidays, Christmas, New Year's? Any holidays in between there that you yeah. celebrated? It's Hanukkah. There was a- that you celebrated. Oh. Brandon, you went, you went home, <laughs> you went home, you went snowboarding, you did fun yeah, stuff. Yeah, I did. Uh, well, it was, it's interesting because like I've just kind of started up, you just kind of put me on new marathon training, which is awesome. And I've been really consistent with that. And then I'm like looking at my snowboarding schedule, which is basically every weekend. I'm like, so every single weekend I'm going to have to rearrange my long run uh, so I can go snowboard. Uh, you should do the, <laughs> what, what do they call it? Split boarding? Yeah, yeah, Wait, that's kind of like power hiking. What is it's like? So it's when I mean, it's literally what it sounds like. It's just the snowboard, but it's split into two, and you can it it it, it allows you to walk up the mountain like almost as if they were like cross country skis, mm-hmm. uh, and then you can get to the top, and then you can clamp the two pieces of the board back together with the bindings, and then ride down. So Kinda if you cool. don't want to take the lift and you just want to hike up, you can do that, uh, but you cannot ski down oh really oh, yeah because it's not shaped uh, right right so you that can't sounds that. less fun it's it's I, a lot more tiring i think it's just for people who want an extreme endurance workout <laughs> oh, okay yeah it's like something i wouldn't do unless i lived in like colorado that's you know, the thing people not. out there they just invent 
weird sports and new sports all the time because they, they're like, oh, snowboarding's boring now. Let's just split it in half and start doing this. Dude, I saw this one video and it's like a full man, like Iron Man costume suited out, but it's got like, he, he like sawed a bunch of skis off uh-huh. and he would like put skis all over his body. Like, so it was like on his back, on his front, like on his arms, okay. legs and knees. <laughs> and he would like go around and he would like ski down in like these really crazy ways, like on all fours and then, like jump around and this? dance. It was on Instagram. Of course it, was it was crazy. I was just like, who invented this? Recently? Yeah. What are you watching? I don't know. I'm in some weird algorithms, yeah. dude. That actually sounds like an okay one. Yeah. I just keep getting car racing videos and ways to reheat pizza. Do we talk about <laughs> do we talk about the reheating pizza one? No. So I kept getting this variations of this one reel or whatever that was like the perfect way to reheat pizza, and it was you basically fire up a pan on the stove like okay. on high, and then put your pizza in there, and then and then you take water which i've done oh i've seen this before in like the restaurant industry it's a way to melt cheese and you drop it in this pour water in the sides and then cover it and so it melts the cheese on top but you get a crisp bottom oh i tried it it actually is awesome (laughs) can you just stick it in the air fryer that's what i do yeah but maybe it's for people who don't have an air fryer because like me okay (laughs) so but it actually worked out pretty well like so how often have you been eating pizza now not not that often, but when I do, that's my go-to method now. Now, the issue is you can only reheat one slice at a time, really, because it's in a pan, so mm. I don't know. It's just <laughs> you got to start getting a wok. Yeah. Like three slices Dude, in there. I will say, now that you've mentioned the wok, too, I'll tell you the two best things that I have in my kitchen is an air fryer and a wok. Like, by far, those are the two best things. The thing with the air fryer especially in a row home is that it just takes up so much space yeah. you need to create a foldable one oh. I, I don't think that's gonna happen. how does that work <laughs> I, that's what i mean they need to make it i'm not the one who figures out how it works oh but my God. but it is a pretty large it is you're item. right it is but it's worth it yeah i've been thinking about it i don't think i have any more room in my kitchen though i have that ozo drive on part of my kitchen counter stop by my door, it's like the little piece Will you of tell people what you're door. talking about? Oh, it, Ozo Dry is this machine that we got that dries your hats, gloves, shoes. I think it's meant for shoes, yeah. but I use it for mostly for my gloves and hat. Um, and it just has like two things, almost like shoehorn type yeah. things that go up. And it, it heats, blows heat from the inside. And then it also has an ozone setting where you can deodorize your shoes, which I can't wait to try out in the summertime. That said, do not turn on the ozone in the house because it's very not good for your health, apparently. What is it? It's ozone. I don't, it's just not good for your health. Okay. It's, like you're not supposed to breathe it in. You're supposed to use it outside or in a, like a garage or something. Do they say that on the box? Mm-hmm. I feel like I did not see that. Yeah, they say it. Okay. Oh, yeah, guys. I got to admit the first time when I got that thing, <laughs> uh, I... Yeah, you on, plugged it in the I office. plugged it in the office and like had the full ozone setting like on and right. I don't know uh you can it smells there's something this explains in the air a lot now. actually yeah <laughs> but I believe that's what they do when there's um like crime scene cleanups and stuff and I, I did a deep dive into this before because I consider doing crime scene cleanup as a job just out of curiosity wait I'm sorry are you serious right now I this is in this is a long time ago but I was definitely 
very interested in the morbid curiosity of this of the potential job of a crime scene cleanup. Uh, it's I'm a, not a Dexter thing, I swear. I'm at a loss for words on that one. <laughs> I mean, what, what, what would just, you hope to achieve from that? Like, you're like, oh, I'm, I get to go clean up a crime scene. Like, what? Are you, what could you possibly mm, be like? I think just good life stories. Mm. Was you're the idea. See dead bodies. Yeah, dude. You see a lot of stuff. I you think don't they see. get the bodies out of there before you clean it up. That's probably even worse. Yeah, but anyway, I actually did do it pretty deep dive into what entails i didn't do it probably because of you know everything that i've read about it but i mean that is a crazy job can you imagine that no yeah i mean they have full hazmat suits and everything but there wasn't like one thing that you're like "Mm, that's i'm not gonna do this Mm, i mean i've read a story ah, whatever i'm not gonna it's just about someone you know, like that was there for weeks in, in a place in oh, the summertime. Okay. It's yeah. like you still have to go in there. Like bodily fluid. Yeah. Okay. But <laughs> anyway, so the, so ozone, <laughs> they use it with like fire, like house house fires and stuff too. Oh, okay. So, like if you want to, because you can't get that smell out. Like yeah. it doesn't air out. So you have to use, I believe, ozone to treat the, the whole room. They let it run for like a day or two and then it deodorizes. It's crazy. So, anyways, I guess it's gonna work for our shoes in the summertime. Yeah, let's hope so. But yeah. wow, that really that went off on a Ooh. real big tangent, and Thomas isn't even here, which is kind of impressive. Yeah. Um, yeah. But so, Robbie, you are marathon training with a coach. How is it going? Uh, it's going great. Yeah, I'm still working with Andrew Caster. He hasn't fired me yet. Reverse fired me. And is that an option for him? No, I feel like he could do it if he wanted to. Okay. But. Maybe not. Maybe it's not an option. I should see how take it to the yeah, limit. Yeah, really push that. I've I've been very good. I'm keeping a daily journal, oh. um, both written and online, and sending that over to him. Look at this. Look at this journal. Look at you. I Going even have. All in. I even have an index for him. Is it like a? Is it like a diary? Like a secret diary? Do you think diary? he reads this? He does. Mm-hmm. Oh wow. Yeah, because he's like he gives me feedback on everything. He's been great. For doing it pro bono. Do you start it out, dear diary, every time? Yeah, I will now. Like, dear my love, Mister Caster. Yeah, yeah, got it. I should drop some Easter eggs in there to see if he's actually reading it. I think you need to. <laughs> but he has me so ramped up pretty quickly because I wasn't doing much after New York, and but it's been gradual. Like, if I look at my Strava, it's a good even incline. So I did forty six miles last week, forty eight miles this week, and just kind of. Yeah, upping the mileage, one to two days off a week, depending. But feeling pretty good. I had an eight mile workout this morning, eight by eight hundreds, and did felt pretty good. Did you go to the time. track? Mm-hmm. Did the track? That was at like three twenty. So I guess if it's Yasso eight hundreds, a three twenty is like a yeah three twenty marathon goal. Yeah. yeah. So that's what it basically was today. Is that the goal? Or you don't know yet? Uh, A goal would be 315 and then B 320, 325 would be a PR still. So, but otherwise, yeah, everything's going pretty well. I'm a little nervous because I'm like, this isn't. You're waiting for something to drop. Yeah. But so far, so good. And on New Year's Day, I ran... 15 miles uh i stayed over we stayed over at a friend's house we had a party they had a party and we we go there 
a lot on New Year's Eve, not everyone, but over the last, you know, seven or eight years. And for a few years there, we were doing a, me and my one friend, Tim, we were doing a half marathon every New Year's Day morning, which usually sucked because I was hungover. Yeah. Like one year I totally missed it because it was one of the worst hangers of my life. And which was the year that COVID happened. So I think it was just a harbinger of things to uh-huh. come. 2020. But then, yeah, I'm not drinking. So it went great. Like overall, I think I'm more curious now about the party when you're not drinking. Yeah. So that was very interesting because that was probably the first New Year's Eve that I haven't drank in 20 years. So and there was a lot of it was a pretty good party. There's a lot of people there had had a little uh, sing along type thing jammed, got on the guitar Played some Ava Brothers. Oh, okay, cool. What'd yeah. you play? What song? Uh, Head Full of Doubt. Nice. That's and a good one. That's a, a couple fun one. other songs. Wagon Wheel. Oh. Jolene. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which I wasn't planning on doing, but uh, there's another guy on a mandolin. He had an extra guitar. I was like, oh, I can. Just These are all major chords, a couple minors. I can play this. Some dude <laughs> just rolls up with a mandolin. <laughs> like, yeah. <that's> sort of. <laughs> it was fun. I was not. Yeah, it was pretty cool. So now I'm like. I should start playing guitar again. Anyways, so, but the weird thing about not drinking was that time goes so slow. <laughs> like, because, you know, when you're just drinking, yeah, having fun, just you're just by. like, oh, it's midnight. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was like, how is it still like eight o'clock or whatever? Well, that's a long party. If it's, when so, did it start? So that's the other thing. We got there around two, went on a hike with the kids. 2 p.m.? Yeah. But we went on a little hike for like an hour and a half, got back around 4.30, and then kind of just made food for the next few couple hours, just randomly. Okay, wait, were people, when did the party start? Or was this part of the party? This was, there's was some people there. Just So like, were people drinking at 2 p.m.? No, no, okay. it wasn't until 5, five I feel o'clock. like, yeah, 4 or 5 o'clock is generally when people start. Yeah, but then that 5 to 12 was a pretty long. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I drank a six pack of athletic brew. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Because <laughs> I'm so used to just having something in my yeah. hand. I'm, what am, I'm, I'm like, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> I, th- I think I had at least one to two seltzers as well. Robbie's sitting there just like looking through the cupboards, like trying to find something to drink. He's just like, oh my God, I need something. Yeah, for real hand. though. <laughs> By the way, I have some bad news for you on that act, the athletic brew. Oh, really? They said it's just sugar. Like, it's terrible for you. Okay, so I was actually going to ask you this, yeah. since you're a nutrition expert person. I mean. So the athletic brewing, I mean, isn't that just beer in general, though? Yeah. I mean, I, I accept guess. I accept that it's as bad as beer. Okay. Like, I don't, I don't think it's like drinking sparkling water. I do accept that it's basically as bad as beer. You're just not getting the alcohol from it. That seems like the worst. <laughs> So, you get I mean, fun. I like the taste. <laughs> None of the I'm not going to lie. Or the actual. I, li- I just enjoy the taste of beer, though. I do. <laughs> That's literally my nightmare. <laughs> but it, it's not like I drink it every day or anything. But I did look up. So I drink the hazy IPA version is pretty good. Pretty solid. The run wild. Yeah. Yeah. That so you know your game. And then the golden ale. That one only has. So, that, so the hazy IPA has like. 15 or 16 grams of carbs per can i think the golden ale has like 10 so that's and it's like i don't i know calories or whatever but it's like 45 calories so it's like 
I'm sure there is. It's a lighter, not yeah. so like substantial. For sure. So you can kind of drink those a little bit, but like, anyways, all that to say, it it I made it through. It, I wasn't like white knuckling it, but it was a little annoying yeah. when everyone's drinking and you're just like, yeah, eh, like whatever but that's probably the hardest day of the year so oh you made for it sure through that. yeah so and it was it was fine and i had i still had a good time so but yeah <laughs> so so okay on the on that line along those lines with the athletic brewing if you because i would always drink a couple beers before race day like mm-hmm. the night before it it should be a one for one substitute in a way probably better right yeah, like yeah. it still has car- like carbs and stuff. Right. Yeah. No, you're definitely better off doing the non-alcoholic before race. Yeah, I definitely think like if you still want to stick to like that habitual routine without having the alcohol inclusion. They're gonna have that in over in Tokyo. I doubt it. You're gonna have to pack that non-alcoholic peronis or something or <laughs> sake. I don't know. Yeah, I can't believe you're gonna miss out on sake over there. Yeah. Well, technically, I only said till Tokyo Marathon. <laughs> it's right. true. But I don't know. We'll see. We'll we'll reassess the situation when I get there. Okay. I'm a little I'm on the fence about keeping it going or just drinking, you know, just doing whatever. It, it's it's not right now. That's the problem. It's when you start drinking again. You're like, oh, man, I forgot what this is like. And you just like, oh, yeah, start dude. binge drinking. Speaking oh, binge of binge drinking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's talk about that. The tables have turned. <laughs> I did take it upon myself while Robbie is going super sober to drink for you as well Thank to you. keep it even. Heavy lays the, the crown. Yeah. Um, no, I think this past couple of weeks has just been like a lot of big changes, specifically for our business, for starters. True. true. Um, we officially are kind of shutting down the big run media side of things. You heard it here first, folks. Mm-hmm. Which is okay. kind of crazy. Let all of our clients know last week. It's crazy. Could you explain to like the audience kind of what that is? Because oh, yeah, I'm not really sure that our audience really ever knows that it exists. Yeah, true. Yeah, so uh, big run media was our initial company that Thomas and I started, I guess, eight years, nine years ago now. Um, and it was more of a traditional marketing agency. So we were doing digital ads, social media for endurance events, which we've continued to do for the past eight or nine years. And then the pandemic happened and we sort of shifted gears and focused a lot more on Believe in the Run, uh, like this podcast and growing the website and all of those things. And I guess we finally decided to go all in this year in 2023. We had a great year last year in 2022. And so now we are going to Get rid of all of the big run media clients, which majority of it fell on to me. Um, yeah. So, so basically, you guys get a lot more. Now of me we now. get the full power of Megan yeah, Harness exactly. for Believe in the Run. Yeah. And you know, it's 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 kind of interesting because it, like, Believe in the Run's growth wouldn't have happened without without our audience, right? And right. bringing now our audience gets to see Meg more because of their interaction and their participation with Believe in the Run. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a weird little cycle. Meg, do you feel more comfortable being? forward facing and believe in the run because you weren't i feel like you weren't for a while but i feel like over the last year you've been a lot more comfortable well this is why she started binge drinking Uh, (laughs) this is yes so alcohol is the 
Look here. Uh, no, 100% I've gotten way more comfortable. Yeah. I can't even go back and I can't watch my old oh, videos. I, no one watched. I never watched. I can't even watch video I recorded last week. I know. <laughs> they're, they're cringeworthy. Yeah. Ugh. Oh, Rob, yeah. Robbie and I yesterday did a little uh, trip down memory lane. And we were looking at like old posts and like the, the very beginnings of like YouTube like videos and stuff. Oh, and we Lord. were just like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's funny because everyone has to start out. Like you just start out and yeah. it's terrible. Yeah. Because I saw a thing with Kafuzi where, I forget the guy's name on YouTube, was interviewing him about um, when he, how he first started out doing mm -hmm. stuff. And you look back at Kafuzi's first videos, which I don't even think were running videos. Oh, interesting. And it was more just, it's still him talking to the camera. Uh -huh. But A, he looks like a totally different person because he was, he weighed 40 pounds more oh, okay. and was not like just getting back into running, I think. And just so interesting seeing like the journey from there to now and what everybody, I think a lot of people when they first get started and they don't see traction or they're, they think it needs to be perfect when you first start up, it's just going to uh -huh. be terrible. Yeah. And you just got to get through it and just don't worry about what anyone says. I think it's more interesting following the facial hair change that Kafuzi went through yeah. in that, in that time period. Yeah. <laughs> just like the full growth period, <laughs> just what he, like what he started to embody. Long hair. <laughs> amazing. Fu Manchu or whatever. Yeah. Oh, incredible. Uh, anyways, so that's, that's cool. That is good to see, uh, that Meg. You're yeah. So with. it'll be exciting. You guys get a lot more me, whether or not you want it or not. <laughs> you're getting it. Yeah. Um, and so, Wait, so how does that tie into like the drinking? I don't, I just, I just feel like all of my life decisions the past couple of weeks have been a little bit on the edge. Like okay. I'm just kind of in that effort mode, yeah. if you will, like for that. better or worse. Yeah. Uh, like I was just thinking about the things that we've done the past couple of weeks. Like I ran 22 miles on the treadmill. Dumb. Got it. <laughs> Jumped into that ice barrel. Very dumb. <laughs> Got super wasted at the most expensive place possible in Baltimore, the Pendry. Oh my God. Wow. Agreed to go on a trip to California with Jarrett. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's true. true. Wait, are you going on yeah, that? I'm going on it too. It's going to be. Like, there's a lot of questionable decisions going on in my life right now. Yeah. And that is going to be an interesting <laughs> New Year's resolution for Meg. Just deep dive into it all. Just like going it. for it. I, just roll the dice. I yeah. approve of that fully. But Houston's next weekend. Yeah, the 15th. 15th. So you're running the marathon. Thomas is. She's uh, probably not run at this. Yeah, he's he he went down to the half marathon, but at this point, I think he's probably going to spectate. Yeah, because he's been starting to get back into running a slowly but surely. Yeah, he's been his hips been bothering him, mm -hmm. so he's been doing the lever. Um, speaking of issues, okay, remember I announced my whole Saran wrap Achilles yeah. situation? Yeah. Never in my life have I gotten more DMs on me? Instagram than people wanting to know exactly what I'm doing. That so is wild. I'm not the only insane person. Maybe we should just make a YouTube video. It'll probably go viral. It would. I got some like Achilles tendonitis probably now like almost a month ago at this point. And Ben Johnson right. sent me this link to an article about oh, right. how to cure it. And it's this like concoction of Arnica gel and uh, arthritis or Voltaren cream. And okay. then you wrap your in, in saran wrap overnight so that it like soaks into your. Did you. Have you been still doing that mm -hmm. uh, every night? <laughs> yeah. You're definitely turning into an old cat oh, lady. I know. 
this also just rolls into all of my life decisions yeah, you recently. just wait for the ben gay to show up yeah. too and she's gonna be rubbing that all over vix vapor rub yeah oh my god fully stock up on that you're yeah. gonna be carrying around butterscotch the, 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 the weather is like yeah, okay but wait so i got my inside tracker results back and they give you like an inner age uh-huh guess how old i am well i guess i should guess lower <laughs> i was gonna say um, <laughs> i'm 28 really? I, was like, I was i was like under that. over how old am i <laughs> it's like is it 23 <laughs> I, I turned 35 yeah. on sunday so i feel pretty good wait about really that. 35 see the problem with working here is that i feel like everything just stays the same like i just just i thought you were still 31 which is yeah. when i started here i'll take that yeah no 35, 35 on sunday new age group well see this applies to myself as well because people will say oh like they're 36 mm -hmm. i'm like yeah so i'll be telling my wife a story i'm like yeah they're, they're the same age as us uh -huh. and <laughs> she's like well how old are they I'm 36 she's like you're 40 <laughs> yeah I mean, the general, I guess that's true. Yeah. I, I refuse to believe that Robbie has aged at all since I've been here because every time I have a conversation with him, I feel like I'm having a conversation with one of my buddies. I'm like, yeah, no, this is this is something I could talk to Robbie yeah, about. Yeah, I keep it light. <laughs> yeah. And I always forget Brandon's like 12. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, that could, I could be his father. Yeah. Legitimate. I'm actually, this, Not, is, I don't want to be that this is actually a child labor situation, actually. Yeah. Uh, I'm getting paid under the table. Uh, <laughs> yeah. IRS comes knocking. Yeah. I, I did want to mention over Christmas, we watched a movie on Netflix that Kimmy was like, oh, let's start watching this rom com, which I, not really my bag, but let's just watch this. So I started watching it. And it was like, it was, a at first I was like, is this a Hallmark movie on Netflix? <laughs> and it got a little bit better. I think it was called, let me look, Better Fate. Better Feet? Better Fate. No, that's a movie that Jared watches. Uh, no, it's not Better Fate. That says a fantasy lesbian short story. Oh, damn. Whoops. Kimmy, what are you watching? Um, All right, let's, let's blame it on Kimmy. Wink, wink. Yeah. Oh, it's called About Fate. Okay. About Fate. 6.3 on Rotten Tomatoes, I believe. Yep. But... They're in the movie, they're, they roll up to this hotel for a wedding. It's like this guy that's a, uh, so he, you know how there's two sides of a street, like east and west of the same street. And then this guy was drunk one night, ended up going into the wrong house. He thought it was his. And then he, this girl came home and found him passed out in her bed. But then she needed a date for this wedding. Anyways. Very realistic. Yeah. So they went to this wedding and they roll up to the hotel, and it was the freaking Lennox Hotel in Boston. Stop. No. What? Which is what we were talking yeah. about on the last podcast. I was like, what's the name of that hotel, like, with the bar yeah, that we love? the Lennox. And it was that hotel, and the whole movie took place there. That's wild. Isn't like, that? Like, at the bar? No, but, uh, it, like, in the upstairs sure, bar. Sure, sure, and, sure, sure. Like, reception rooms and what. Got it. But I could see the, in, in the lobby and everything. So that made up for the terrible movie plot. Yeah, it was just, I felt like it was one of those simulation things because we were literally just talking about yeah. that the week before, trying to remember the name of the hotel. And I love just it. Roll up to it. Anyways, I thought that was pretty funny. Robbie tries to find ways to connect and reasons to connect simulations to things like oh. constantly. Like if, if he walks out the door right now and he sees a sign that says simulation on it, he'd be like, oh, that's it. We're in yeah. a simulation. I read license yeah. plates and get my uh, 
my horoscope from them. Right. Well, today, I had, my workout today was eight miles, eight by 800. What does that mean? It means he wrote you a workout that's eight miles for eight by 800. Yeah, but it's a lot of eights. I love eight. That's and good. And Thomas, Triple the eight. tracksmith shoe he got was number eight out of whatever. That's my lucky number. Is it? Yeah. That's Kyle Rifkin's number too, so you're in good company. Oh, sorry. Eight's a good number. Flacco's yeah. number. He's Flacco. Good. Flacco was eight? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Foosball. It's the devil. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so what else, what else is going on? Um, I feel like I had an, something else written here, but let me let me check my list. The uh, nope. Houston Marathon, or the Half Marathon, is going to oh, be stacked. Oh, that's right. I did oh, actually, see that. Is who, it the half that's stacked, or is it the full? the half. It's, okay. Who, who's in it? I mean, to win it? a whole slew wow. of people, but I'm excited about Emily Sisson. I think she might try and lower the American record. Ooh. You've got Molly Huddle, Dom Scott's going for a record. Um, I mean, there's like 20 women or something under 110. Wow. Like the, the women's side has a lot of depth, Yeah, which is really cool. Wow. I know, I've paid less attention to the guys, the, but I know that there's The men's side, too. it's uh, the notable ones that I saw was Ed Cheserek and Connor Mance. Connor Mance was the one oh, who yeah, did Chicago. really, really well in Chicago. Chicago. Um, but no U.S. Uh, marathoners on the men's side have hit the Olympic standard yet. Is right? Connor Mance doing the half or full? No, Wait, he's doing the you, half. Uh, but did mean? you know that for the U.S. right now that none of the oh, U.S. The men new, this year the for, the new, for the new standard, none of them yeah. have hit it oh, yet. Oh, wow. Yeah, so like technically none of our U.S. men are going to Is the, it under 210? Is it 210? It's like sub 208. Yeah, it's like insane. Are you serious? Yeah. 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 Um, might need uh, to pull some Russia Icarus. This is like verbatim. Two oh eight ten. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Connor Mance is the closest. Right and now. it was two eleven thirty. Why did they lower it so much? Because they want to keep making the field smaller. Because like too many people are getting faster. I guess that's true. They need to keep the field size the same. Actually, well, yeah. I mean, the women's went down to two twenty six fifty. Two twenty six fifty. Yeah, which Man, doesn't seem so much. It seems. I mean, wait, there's a lot of women. Wait, two twenty six fifty. Would would Molly have qualified? Yeah, she could. What did she run for the OTQ in Atlanta the time before that? Like in the, for the actually, Tokyo. I don't. Uh, I was interested to see all if all three of them would have hit this. Standard. I don't know that she would have. That was a shitty day. Yeah. But she she did it with a half marathon, anyways. Though that's how she yeah. got this the into it um yeah i don't know anyways, anyways houston right do you have you started looking at the weather yet of course i have <laughs> what does it look like not great uh, yeah. it's a little warm right now i'm hoping but there's like hot afterwards and cool before so uh -huh. i'm just like praying to all the Move. things that it moves i feel like it always moves to the left of the screen on my phone okay well we'll just go with it's going to be great but that means you don't know what it is now because that's 10 or yeah. are you looking at a two-week forecast I'm, i look at the two-week like i started looking on sunday but they don't know i still feel like anything after five days is is a nonsense yeah, yeah. dartboard so, so the other thing that i did remember i was going to bring up was camille heron is not with hoka anymore Oh yeah i saw she said she's going with a new do you know i'm uh, nearly 99 percent positive it's adidas why Adidas? She said a major brand that's new to the trail scene, which they are relatively new. They go heavy on their women runners for okay. trail. Like they're pretty, they give them good contracts and stuff. And also someone who reviews for us said they know somebody who's also going to Adidas that 
is like that hasn't announced it yet. That is soon. Um, who also I think came from Hoka, went from Hoka. Interesting. What's going on with Hoka? Well, so not this week's podcast, but when you listen to the Devin Yanko podcast I yeah. record, she had some things to say. Okay. <laughs> oh, I'm excited for that one. Yeah. I mean, she veiled it a little bit, but she's she's aired her grievances before on other podcasts and just like in the open about the because she, she was with Hoka for I think a, a few years and she was performing better than ever and they just like halved her contract like basically took her contract down to nothing I think or wow. like and she was like why because like her contract was up but to re-up it was just a bad like it was not a good huh. even though she was still performing yeah. at her best and she I think it was right after she won she won Leadville um in 2017 this was after she won leadville then they cut her contract like halved it yeah it was like her contract was up but then just to re-up it was yeah so i mean i'm sure they have the reasons but congratulations there's a reason that people are going to other brands you know yeah but she does go into that a little bit i think they also which i think there's a lot of influencer type things now that Mm -hmm. are asked of athletes which camille heron has a pretty good following i think so it is it is interesting how that sponsorship is shifting yeah it's not just about times and it hasn't just been about times for a long time now but i do feel like there is a huge push for i mean social i mean there's a case to be made at this point if you your goal is to sell shoes right so do people actually does the general public know about most trail runners or what the answer is no yeah but if they're on instagram and they're making yeah reels whatever doing things i mean look at people like laura green or miss space cadet yeah brooks gets way more publicity with them than they ever would for you know one of their a lot of the athletes on the roster yeah i mean i don't know it's kind of weird i wonder now with like at least on my end from what i know of uh like the NCAA is now allowing sponsorships to come through for collegiate athletes. And some collegiate athletes may not even be the best or the top level at their sport. However, if they're, you know, have high followings on Instagram or if they've got really good social media or they're just tech savvy that they end up getting, you know, contracts. Oh yeah, for sure. Well, that, that sprinter we interviewed in the metaverse for your tees. For your that's right. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that that was a sentence. Yeah. Yeah. It's only in 2022. Yeah. The <laughs> sprinter we interviewed in the metaverse. Like she's not especially stand. Like she's not, I don't even think she's all American, but I mean, she's a strong athlete, but for sure. But, and she's D one, but she has 140,000 followers and definitely, I don't know if she has an athlete, like a shoe sponsorship, but she definitely has sponsorships from yeah. brands and stuff. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's a weird, weird time. All right, should we talk about this topo shoe that Jarrett keeps raving about? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So Jarrett's been man. We tried to get Jarrett on the podcast. He said no because he he's lame. Probably had to work. Quote unquote quotes. work. Yeah. yeah. But it's the Topo Athletic Cyclone Two. Let me pull up the stats on here. Brandon, it, you've done a run in it. Yeah, wait, wait, is it Topo Athletic or is it just Topo? You're allowed, technically it's Topo Athletic, but you're, I did ask them this at TRE. I was like, what do we say? Because some people say Topo. Tony Post himself said he's cool with saying Topo. 
So well, we can just call it. Topo. Okay. Well, what's weird is I was logging my shoe onto Strava and there was a Topo and a Topo athletic for the brand. And I didn't know which one to pick. I think it's just, I spent 30 I minutes sitting the there going back and forth. Yeah. It's a little confusing because there's Topo designs, the backpack company. Mm-hmm. There's also, I think there's another Topo brand bikes. Maybe it's a little bit confusing, but to- Topo athletic is Tony Post, So that actually has the most credibility. Is this dual density or just one layer? Of- it's one layer. This shoe is one layer of PBAX foam, of PBAX midsole. At least that I, it seems one layer. It seems like it's just painted. Okay, it looks that's, like, yeah, that's why I was wondering. It looks like two layers, but I believe it's just painted different. Okay. Because they didn't say it was, oh, anyways. There's, there's no plate or anything in this? No plate. Um, For people listening, Pretty good looking shoe. What does it remind you of? I know it reminds me of. I know it reminds everyone of. What? Mm, I was going to. Are we thinking the same? Mm. Maybe. What do you wait, think? Wait, wait. Say it at the same time. Three, two, one. Soccer Rebel. Speed. No. <laughs> We're so off. The, the, the upper design looks like the Rebel. It's like a wider Rebel. The Speed yeah. 2 yeah. is what I was thinking. Like, like it's just firm, but it doesn't have that. You're saying like, how it feels? Off. Yeah. Oh, Not like the way it looks. looks. Oh, no. Um,. Yeah, I, I'm kind of bummed because I haven't tried this yet. I was going to take it out later this week. I just had to get some miles and some other shoes. and But it's a super lightweight shoe. It's 6.9 ounces for men's nine. That's pretty light. That's super light. For a, With a uh, stack is 28.23. And so this is definitely more of a tempo or like fast, lightweight daily trainer. They said it's optimized for half marathon distance and below. So they, they want you to race in this? I guess so. I mean, I think their last one was supposed to be their kind of short distance racer. Okay. Yeah, I was, you know, I was running Brandon in the shoe. Brandon picked up the pace. How do you think about that? <laughs> exactly. I, you know, it's funny because I, I was, first I was running in the shoe and it was just an easy run yesterday. I was five, six miles and uh, I was trying to figure out because I, I had no information on this topo shoe at all. Like I didn't know what it was or what the deal was. Uh-huh. But um, I was, I was, if I had to guess, I was like, okay, it's a, it's like an up tempo. Like yeah. it, you can use it for speed days. You can use it for easy running. If I want to like, if I want to race in it, I guess I could. But you know, it, it's not a shoe that I would be like, oh, let's let's go for an easy fourteen miles in it. It's not squishy or plush. It's it's definitely more of a snappier, firmer ride. But what's interesting is it's very light and when you feel the foam the pbax generally i think a pbax is a very snappy lightweight product um but it does it didn't really feel like there was enough i don't know it just didn't feel like there was a lot of cushioning underfoot like yeah it it, it bricked up i mean it definitely isn't meant to have a lot of cushioning they even said it's supposed to be for more of a ground feel Mm -hmm. and you know if you have the pbax like say in a Vaporfly, you're getting forty millimeters. Where here it's twenty eight. Got it. So that's. Um, I think it's good for like what it is, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I'm. I'm excited to get some miles in it. I'll give an updated review as well. But, so we'll see. Because you're the only one who's worn it so far. I feel like just with Christmas and. What's I think, the, the, I think um, these came like the day before Christmas. So. What's the price and release date? So it's one hundred fifty dollars. Pretty reasonable. With uh, February, late February, 2023. So next month. Cool. But yeah. you know what shoe I've been loving and I've been using for all my speed workouts? Wait, wait. Don't say it. Did I say it yesterday? I 
think you were talking about uh, you were talking about a shoe that you did like yesterday. Probably, but I don't that. think that Does, shoe we can uh, talk about. Takumi San. No, but I do love that. I did use that for one of my speed workouts. Okay, just spit it out. The Under Armour Velocity Elite. Whoa. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, I love that shoe. What made you put that back on? Uh, I think I was just. Or you never had the right size. I never had the right size. So then last week when I did went to do a speed workout, I grabbed the shoes that that I had, put them on. I was like, man, these feel pretty big, but whatever. I put on the wrong shoe, so because I had, <laughs> they were the wrong sized ones, and I still ran the whole workout, and it was actually pretty nice. But then I, because the ones that were the correct size were at the office, so I grabbed them and wore them today, and I I really do like kind of love that shoe. It's good. I think it's just See, a great pop off the foot, just yeah. for. Now I will say I don't know if I wear it for a marathon, right? But for workouts, maybe half marathon. Yeah. I think it's super responsive like well and their their future model is that shoe but with more stack okay so i feel like that would be actually pretty okay, ideal yeah. for the marathon. Well, what's interesting is the way i kind of look at when i look at the future model and i look at kind of what we have out right now i think if and and i think my perception would be very different about the shoe had it been like they said hey this is our this is our tempo workout day shoe. I would yeah. actually sit here and be like, wow, this is the best tempo day workout shoe of 2023. I would almost put it in that category. I'd be like, this is like that endorphin speed too that I really love oh, and that I really easily. want. And I would sit here and I'd say like, yeah, like Under Armour just killed it. They they put it in the right, that, that would have been the right category for it. And I do think now that they kind of marketed it for the marathon is where I was kind of like, mm, I'm not entirely sure, especially when I know that there's a newer model coming out that has higher stacks, a little bit more plush, a little bit more cushion. I'm like, well, that's, you know, and, and that kind of reminds me a little bit of like that Saucony Dorphin Speed 3, right? Um, with a little bit more stack and P-backs. And I kind of look at that and I'm like, I think they're moving in the right direction. I think they're trending correctly. Oh yeah. So I'm really excited. But the problem is, is that it's a $250 shoe. So right, yeah. it's expensive. Are you going to probably buy that for a tempo if, shoe? If you told me that's a one hundred and eighty dollar oh, yeah, shoe for the velocity, I'd be like, you got to buy this shoe up right now because right. it's an incredible tempo day shoe. And then you can put the the next model as a two hundred fifty dollars shoe, two hundred dollars shoe. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. So for if money isn't an issue, sure, I think it's a great shoe. I've been loving it, mm -hmm. and. Yeah, I might still keep running in it. Uh, anything else? Oh, you didn't read a review, which I think you need to do. Oh. Can you pull one up? Uh, so this is a five-star review from Trey. Tri try Eric. Try, er tries. try Eric. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> Off to a good start. It says, best offset running podcast. Loving this podcast and can't wait to get caught up on my backlog of episodes during Grit Long Runs. Shout out to Grit. Oh, we didn't even talk about Grit. Oh, All right, dude. Yeah, we got to talk about that yeah. at some point, too. Okay. Currently on NYC recap, so hopefully it went well. Retroactive, good luck. Listening to Megan preemptively warn Robbie not to do something in a story she already knows the outcome of and wrangling Thomas back on topic from his latest rambling. No, wait, that name's taken. Is always great and has brought out many a smile while listening. P.S. Just change the name to the offset. It works better than rambling since you always come back to topic oh, eventually. Interesting. Hmm. Rambling offset. Offset rambling. 
He, no. The rambling is taken. Yeah, already. we can't do the rambling. That's for sure. <laughs> well, and there's the rambling runner. That's what well, he meant. We kind of oh, okay. are like the drop. We just like kind of just drop off the face of the earth and talk about that is shit true. and come back. And yeah. It works in many ways. Yeah. yeah. So our branding's great. <laughs> yeah, we were perfect actually. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Question. Okay. Is it okay to talk about great at the end, or do we need to inject this somewhere else? I think we can do it at the end. Okay. Yeah. All right. Like, so I should do the intro to the interview or you're saying no i meant just at the end of the intro yeah yeah okay all right last thing we need to talk about is grit yeah we should have really talked about this in the beginning but it's just we got carried away with our dumb talks all right (laughs) hey they're not dumb they're highly sophisticated talks very educational that is true people are very educated and becoming dumber by the minute so we started grit and it's been weird for me because i'm I'm trying to focus on marathon training, right. so I'm not doing anything crazy. Right. So I'm still going to probably get more grit miles than I ever did before or close to it, which is cool just from doing the training. Yeah. But I'm in a different mindset doing this than grit where I was just doing two, four mile runs a day yeah. forever or whatever. Uh, but it's pretty awesome seeing everyone else knocking out their grip miles. i know it makes me a little envious because like you i'm like heading into a taper for a marathon so like not yeah ranking up the miles thomas but is injured laid up we're a hot yeah. mess over here oh, and you gotta carry the oh i wasn't signed up for grit until about yesterday but some people are <laughs> yeah that i had to do for you, are you yeah kidding me? yeah it was pretty rough i'm not gonna lie though what a what's interesting about grit is uh i'm always like tempted every year i'm like Oh, I'm just doing like normal training. This is good. And then like every now and then the idea of running like a 40 miler just pops into my head. I'm like, well, maybe well, you could, you could do it this month. Cause we're doing the Oregon Ridge. I was what, like eight hour race. I was whatever. like, maybe I'll go like completely dismiss Meg's training, go run a 40 miler and then just deal with the consequences. Sometimes after. You won't do that. You're think, right. I won't. Is that called a rust buster? That's oh, called a called, dumbass move. No, it's called me hurting myself. <laughs> yeah. You get injured and then you can't run anymore. Yeah. But I did that 40 miler. And that's well, like, so put that notch in your belt. there are guys going out and doing Dude. 28, 26 miles a I, day. I right know now. he's listening God to the damn. podcast, so I'm going to give him a shout out. Pat Freaking Blair. Pat Blair. Is he, is he leading? Our, uh... He has 90 miles already. So Dude. what you're telling me is. He did, <laughs> he did a triple the first day. of. Tw- he woke up at, got out the door at 3.50 a.m., did a marathon. On, on. January 1st. Yeah. Okay. Then did a two-mile run with his kids and then did another four-mile run in the afternoon. And at, he's done that. I think he did another marathon the next day. And then he's Casual. done at least a half the last two days. Yeah. And we, and we, we all know him personally, and he's a he's a great guy. Um, and it's not... It's, and he's he has not over 10,000 feet of elevation gain. Like, he's like yeah. running in... He's Mountains. not a great guy. He's a great robot. He's a great robot. Yeah, he's not human. Yeah, you're right. Fair enough. He's wired different. He. Who else is in the lead there? Adam Driscoll. Uh, is he up there? Dan Frank. Oh, he's in. He he mm. was one of the mileage winners, I think, before. He's runs with them too. I don't recognize a lot of these names. Yeah. Mm. Dan Rowe and Adam Driscoll are eight and nine. Dan Rowe. Okay. Rowe. Yeah. yeah. Top ten right now, huh? Mm-hmm. Is he is he going for grit? Like seriously? No, or I think he's really just doing his normal training, but <laughs> it just he, happens to but be he a lot puts of miles. Up, right, you know, three hundred miles a month anyway. He, he must. He might be like the most. 
disciplined, one of the most disciplined athletes or runners that I've ever seen. Like he just yeah. very consistent, always gets the work done, but does it right. Look at this. Patrick Blair, this number two, second day, 22 miles, 3,200 feet of elevation gain. What? Yeah. Where is he running? In Patapsco. The mountains. Oh, is that, no? is it really Patapsco yeah. where he's doing all that? Yeah. I don't know. So for those of you who don't know, that's just state park around here what's weird is like i don't even think i i actually would find it difficult to still find like ways to get all that mileage of tapsco unless i just ran up gun road the you can time. do you can double things up and things like whatever he yeah. knows how to anyways any to everyone out there doing great you're rocking it yeah we're loving it. we're packing stuff tomorrow well as the time of this podcast we are yeah. in the heat of packing. We're, we're currently packing um we're probably regretting all of our life decisions yeah my back yeah. I, I already know my back's gonna hurt from standing on this damn concrete floor for eight hours Dude, that, they got the yeah, rock got down for you that doesn't do anything i'm gonna need to wear my what's the highest stack shoe we have uh some primex I, I don't have that one i'll have to wear yeah. Actually, these Diodoras I'm wearing are very comfortable. We're the currently... ASIC secret shoe is real nice to just casually That's a true hang around one. in. Secret shoe. It's so stupid that we can't Next see week we'll be able to say it that everyone already knows. Yeah. Mm. Anything else we need to cover? I think that wraps it up. All right, yeah. Brandon, you did pretty well. Oh, thanks, man. Are you, your palm is sweaty? Mom's spaghetti on your sweater? Yeah, a little bit sweaty. Not yeah. gonna Stripping. Lie. It's actually just Ecky Ben <laughs> on your sweater. Yeah. Oh, dude. Oh. We're not going to We can't have an we'll episode here over here. All right. So this week's guest is Rose Harvey. We actually spoke to her, gosh, probably over a month ago now. Yeah. Um, she was the first British woman home at the 2022 TCS London Marathon. She ran a 227. She is a uh, recently Puma-sponsored athlete. She has a crazy story. So it's, it's a fun one. You should definitely take a listen. Nice. Yeah, I said that. she's pretty legit. So, all right, that was just cut out our comments if that makes sense. Yeah. All right, outro. Yeah. Here we're here afterwards. All right, so that was a super fun conversation with Rose. Thank you, Rose, for coming on and I, chatting with us. I feel like Rose Harvey. Uh, that's probably why I'm thinking of it. I thought it sounded like a Batman hero, like the woman hero or something. I, I think because of Harvey Dent is why I was thinking that. Okay. Rose Harvey. Rose is kind of like a comic book name. I'll tell her next time we talk. All right. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Thanks, Rose. Harvey. <laughs> All right. First check in. This is Robbie taking over Thomas. See how this goes. See if you're still motivated to finish this run. But as you're running, you might be getting in your grit miles. If you're not, you're still gritty. So just make sure you remember that it's all part of the journey. Don't focus on the how many miles you need to get for the end of the month. Just keep consistent day after day. Today on the podcast, we are chatting with Rose Harvey. Rose, welcome to the show. Thanks very much for having me. Great to be here. Yeah, and Rose, we're going to do one thing before we get started. So we we were just in London, and we love the words that we don't use over here that are still <laughs> English. 
But uh, so we want you to incorporate as many, you know, like ledge, gutted, assorted, all that stuff that those aren't <laughs> words we use over here. So if you know words that we're not using over here, definitely pepper, pepper this podcast with them. <laughs> So I I never really clocked this was a thing until I spent a lot of the summer in America and I just got ripped for things that I said constantly. Like, it is a different language. It really is. And we love it because, like, you guys obviously do a better job with it. Yeah, you guys sound way smarter and your words are more fun, so you're winning. Yeah. (laughs) I'll take that. Do you watch the British Baking Show? This is non non running really. <laughs> but the British Baking Show, do you watch that? The Great British Bake Off? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I love it. It's so good. That's where we learn that's where we're learning English. From watching <laughs> that show. Yeah. Okay. So any kind of baking you're you're there, but anything kind we're of there. outside that room, yeah, okay. <laughs> That's actually a, a good starting point for us because we started watching that in the pand- during the pandemic and then I started baking and I know you made some changes during the pandemic. Um, so talk to us about your competitive running and how that started. Yeah, so um, I mean, I did also start baking sourdough, but it didn't go quite as well as my other project, which was running. Um, so I, I basically, uh, I, yeah, I started, I started running in, in lockdown cause I got made redundant and, um, I was a lawyer working in, working in the city, um, had a really busy job and then right at the start of lockdown got made redundant pretty suddenly. And so, um, this might be an English phrase coming up. We have garden leave. I feel like it's kind of a very English nicety to say you get fired pretty suddenly and you have like three months <laughs> of paid, oh. paid leave. Um, which, no, we, yeah, we have never heard that one. Yeah, garden leave. It's, it's, yeah, very English thing. You said you were a lawyer there. They, they don't even call them lawyers over there. Aren't you barristers or something in, or solicitors? Um, what do they call you over there? Yeah, solicitor. Yeah, so that's a solicitor. All right. Yeah. So like Sorry, <laughs> throwing you off the track. <laughs> All right, so you got garden leave. Yeah, um, which didn't do any gardening. Um, but I had like three months paid leave, basically. And obviously lockdown, like couldn't travel. So I just needed a good project. You know, I've been working a really busy job and then suddenly went from that to like, oh God, what am I going to do with my time? So I was actually, I kind of got into triathlon first and decided to sign up for a half Ironman and train for that. And this is when we thought, you know, lockdown would be like a couple of months, enthusiastically signed up to this race and uh, started training for it. And then I was training one day in the park and met met a coach who offered to give me some coaching um, just for running. And it basically kind of snowballed from there. Um, triathlon never, well, it did actually happen, but like three years later. Um, but the race got cancelled that summer. Um, but yeah, I just, I kept training, kept running and um, just kind of got good quite quickly. And so it was like 11 months later, I think I I ran for England, um, got an England best. So that was kind of the moment when I realised like, oh, this is a really cool opportunity I've got here. Um, and yeah, it just went from there. By that time I was, I was working again, but I'd got kind of a more manageable job and 
we're still working from home like the rest of the world. Uh, so yeah, just kept it up that way. So had you run a marathon, uh, before you started getting into running or was like, are you new to marathoning? Yeah. So I'd actually, I'd done London. Um, I, I started, I joined uh, my running club when I moved to London, like back in, it was when I went to law school, like back in 2015 and I really joined. So I was just, I was really unfit. Um, I'd been traveling for 18 months and done literally no exercise apart from partying. Um, that was the most <laughs> exercise I've done. So I was like, I really need to get fit and I didn't know anyone. So I joined this running club and, uh, yeah, made some friends and loved it. And then I kind of, my friend wrote me into running London marathon. And, uh, so I did it, but you know, I was just, you know, I was in, wasn't in the elite section by any means. Um, and I ran like three hours for that. So it was, you know, it was like a good, good first marathon, but sort of nowhere near elite standard. Um, and then I did it a couple of years later and actually managed to get slower. So that was impressive. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think I did like 304 or something. Um, but yeah, I'd done, I'd done London twice, but it was, it was much more just for fun than, than taking it seriously. So what, what changed drastically between your first marathon and I guess it's your third where you dropped it down to like a 230? Yeah, that's right. So it was, it was Cheshire. It was still sort of in lockdown, um, but it was about a year after I started training properly. Um, and to be honest, everything changed. Um, before I was just most of my running, cause I was working this really busy job and it was a lot of late nights in the office. So I could like never make the club sessions, which were all in the evening. Um, so I used to actually do a lot of my running, just running to and from the office. And as you might know, from trying to get around London after the London marathon, the tube is not the most pleasant place to be. So I just, killed two birds with one stone and used to run to work a lot um and yeah that was kind of how I fitted my running in to be honest I didn't really do very many sessions I'd occasionally make probably one every two weeks make a club session I'd run just every other day so sort of four four or five four times a week and that then completely changed and I suddenly started following a proper training plan doing lots of sessions and running every day. So, yeah, it was, it was a pretty drastic change, to be honest. I mean, clearly you were you were fast from the get-go. Not too many people start off the marathon with doing a three-hour marathon. And so you knew you had talent, but was this something that you said you just did it to start getting fit? Had, had, do you have a background as an athlete? Like, how, or did this just come, like, you're like, wow, I can, I can run. Yeah, honestly, I, I don't really have an athletic background. I didn't wasn't that great at sport at school. I was in the netball team, but that was about as remarkable as it got. And it was yeah. To be honest, when I even when I ran a three hour marathon, it was like it was it was decent. But there were plenty of people in the club who were around that or a bit quicker than me. So I didn't really I didn't really feel like I was anything special. And I felt like I was. I mean, looking back, I didn't train that hard for it, but I felt like I trained hard for it. Uh, but yeah, it's I, I yeah, I honestly didn't don't really think I have kind of natural sporting pedigree. Okay, so 
the pandemic happens and you know you have these life changes and initially you decide to do a half Ironman. It sounds like you have stuck with running and not the triathlon. How did that go? Did you hate it as much as we did? (laughs) (laughs) What, sticking with the running or the triathlon? (laughs) No, the triathlon. Megan's a one and done. Megan actually was uh, invited to Worlds after her first triathlon because she finished really well. She was the first. Were you the first female uh, in In the the run? run. Yeah. And so she got invited and then uh, they're like, She's like, no, thank you. I, I'll never do that again. The swimming and the biking, it's just, it's too much. But wh- how do you feel about it? So I actually love the biking. The biking is like, I love cycling. But swimming I hate. And I'm ter- I'm really, really bad at swimming, which doesn't help. So normally, like, my, my goal with these triathlons is, like, don't drown in the swim. And then it's quite fun because <laughs> you can just catch people. Like, I'm so far back on the swim. It's just all up, you know, yeah. it's all downhill. <laughs> and all positive from there. So, um, yeah, I hated the swim, but the bike I did like, apart from the fact that I was just so terrified of getting a puncture because I knew I wouldn't be able to do anything about it. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's... I actually really enjoy triathlon, apart from the faff. It's just the faff of it is, you know, running, all you need is a pair of shoes and there's very little mechanical room for error in running, which is, yeah, it just makes it a lot easier. But yeah, I wouldn't say no to another one. I don't know. See, I Not feel right like now. as soon as I get in the <laughs> yeah, as soon as I get in the water, I feel like I've never felt the panic of near death that I felt <laughs> my first triathlon when I got in the water. Like I was like, I'm going down. I saw how far away the pontoons were, and I was like, this is it. This is over. Um, and then you do that. I think the other turnoff is the first one I did was close enough to our house that I could bring my bike and do all that stuff the second one we had to rent bikes and if you've gone you know 50 that we were doing the 70.3 we did a 50 miles on a seat that my butt wasn't used to did not feel good oh yeah that is not good yeah but then the other (laughs) option is taking your bike and then you have to like get it in the bike box and honestly the stress of traveling with a bike and getting it there in one piece and then trying to assemble it and inevitably not being able to do that and then having to find a bike shop in some European country to do it, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a big hassle. Yeah. Okay, so you're running in the park and a coach just finds you. Um, that's how this relationship started? Did he realize <laughs> you were like this very talented runner or how did that all evolve? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not really sure what he thought. I mean, he must have seen something. Um, but I'm not really sure what it was because I don't think I, I was looking that great at the time. But um, yeah, he that was literally how it started. He obviously, I think I was doing doing a session, so I kind of looked like I was doing a bit more than jogging, and obviously had the right kind of mentality to go out there and do a session by myself in lockdown. So I think it was more that, more kind of the the grit and determination than any natural talent that was coming through um but yeah that's that's basically how it started and he was kind of looking for a marathon project and I happened to be there at the right time that's amazing and at what point does it transition from you running for fun and just doing these marathons to shifting it to your career essentially I think being professional 
kind of started with when I when I got selected to run for England. That was when I realised that okay, I've got this really cool opportunity here, and I need to put a bit more into it. And I I I got a new job then, but I was already starting to think okay, maybe I can actually make some of this and something of this. And, you know, my job before was like so full on and so all consuming. That was at that point, I was like, okay, I I don't, I can't do both. I can't do both to 100%. And actually running is now much more of a priority than it, it was before. And, you know, I don't want to go back to that all consuming job because I want to be able to really give running a crack. So it was really that, that was the start of the transition and then I, I just kind of transitioned to it. I went part time uh, just so I could give even more to running and, you know, get all the recovery in. It's it's really hard. I mean, to be honest, I don't know. I kind of look back. I'm like, how the hell did I do it working full time? <laughs> you know, you literally yeah. it's like groundhog day every day. You get up, you train, you, you go to work, you train, you sleep and then repeat. And then like weekend, you're just a zombie. So kind of look back at it like it was tough. Um, but I then, I then went part-time and kind of realized like how much of a difference it made to recovery. And it was more like the recovery aspect than the actual training because my sessions were the same. I was just doing better in them because I wasn't dead. Um, so that was, that was a really good move. And then, um, I ran Seville Marathon in February and, um, got a PB there. And then, then that was really when I started getting approached by brands. So I had a couple of brands approach me and signed with Puma. So that was signed with Puma in May. I heard that Puma reached out by sending you a DM on Instagram. Is, we call that sliding it sliding into your DMs. Is that how it happened? I don't know if you call it that in Europe. <laughs> yeah, that's literally how it happened. They slid into the DMs. <laughs> hey. Okay, is that, Thomas and I were debating this, is that unusual for someone to approach you that way or is that how all the brands reach out? I honestly don't know. Like, I I never heard of it before. I think most people go through agents. And I had, um, I had an offer from Nike as well, but that was through an agent. So that was like a very different, okay. and I think more the normal way of going about it. But, um, but yeah, I mean it worked so maybe they're onto something (laughs) and do they just have a bigger cash cannon than nike had they're like poof here you go (laughs) and this is it um to be honest it wasn't it wasn't so much that they 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 were a bit they they were just very different offers um but it was more like the culture of the brand and it was just um not to like dis Nike in in any way but you know they were they're a huge company and I did very much feel like kind of a, a number that would be running in the kit and they didn't it was almost like they didn't really want me but they would like give me an offer because I'd run quick and I could be on their roster and be all right um and that was very much the vibe I got from Nike um and it wasn't you know it wasn't a brand that I could go to and be like okay I want to be involved in this brand and you know, whatever that means, whether it's kind of doing events or like getting involved with the product side of things or the innovation, you know, there would be none of that. You're literally like, you're an athlete and you run in the kit and you turn up and you run in the kit, you get paid. Whereas Puma was just like completely different. Um, I mean, I think kind of starting out by messaging me on Instagram was 
almost like set the tone for it because it was just a direct <laughs> conversation from day one. And, you know, I spoke with the loads of people in the team. Um, they like gave me so much information about their shoe innovation and they invited me out to Germany to go and like see where the magic happens. And they're honestly just like a really great group of people. Um, really fun to work with. And it's just very like open to kind of making it whatever you want of it. You know, you can get involved with things and I just had loads of fun working with them. And that was, I think that was a really big part of it. I think especially as, you know, I'd, I'd been a lawyer, like if I was going at it for the cash, I could have just stayed in law. <laughs> um, so yeah. I could have. It's, it's, it's more like, boring than running now. If you listen to it though, it almost sounds a little bit like a romance. They slid into your DMs, <laughs> they sweet talked to you. <laughs> And then they showed you where the magic is. <laughs> so, yeah, don't tell my we know, We see you, Puma. Yeah. <laughs> he, he better not be a Nike guy because he's like just, hey, you just show up and be here. But no, yeah, that's great. Um, okay, so you sign with Puma in May and it sounds like it just, it was a better culture fit for you. And that was a large part of the decision-making there. Were you able to test the shoes beforehand or was that even a concern of yours when you did sign with them? Yeah, I did. I tested the shoes a lot. And to be honest, before they, they, they first approached me, um, it must've been like just after Seville because I remember I got the shoes and I wasn't really running cause I just run the marathon. So, um, but I, to be honest, before before they reached out to me, I'd never worn any Puma shoes. So I I really wanted to test them, and obviously I knew I knew they must be decent because Molly did really well in them. But it, yeah, I'd never run in them, so it was it was kind of a big deal changing. And I was I'd been in Adidas for ages, and then Nike before that. So it was it yeah it was a I was very much. Shoes are such a big part of it. They really have to be right. But um, I think from everything they told me about the innovation, I was like, okay, they they sound pretty good. And it was, yeah, as soon as I tested them, I I really like them. Yeah, and there's, there's so are you, good, uh, kind of lot of options for easy run shoes and everything. So they've kind of got all bases covered. Yeah, are you, for race day, deviate elite or are you fast R? So I've kind of switched up between the two. Uh, I think for the marathon, I love... So they've actually got... I'm not sure if they're out in the US yet. The Deviate Elite 2s are amazing. They're what I, I ran in London. We've got that. We've got oh, you've got them. the daily. We, the week. The UK yet, the, wait, no, I think... Are you saying Deviate Elite yeah, 2 the elite or two. the Deviate yeah. 2? No, the Deviate Elite 2. Oh uh, yeah, we don't have those yet. Yeah, I don't think I think I think they'll be out in the US before they're in the UK, but I got a special delivery for London of those and they are really, really good. So yeah, I love those. What uh, what would you say is the could you tell us what the difference is between the our people are shoe nerds, so like if you you can get as granular as you want, but the difference between the Deviate Elite One and the Deviate Elite Two, I'm hoping that there's more cush under the foot. Yeah, I mean, I'm hoping I get this right because um, there's a guy called Todd in Puma who is basically makes shoes. Todd Fogger. Yeah. Yes. 
he's a genius. And anyway, he's told me so much about this, and I really hope I get it right. Otherwise, Todd's going to shoot me. <laughs> Todd, turn off your turn off your headphones. <laughs> Todd, if you're listening, I'm sorry in advance. Um, I think it's so. There's definitely more. They, it feels like there's more spring, and I think it's because they slightly changed the. I want to say they've like elongated the carbon plate a little bit. But basically, it feels kind of more poppy off the off the forefoot, and that's what that's what I initially really noticed. Um, the upper is also a bit different, and I really like that because I feel like it's a bit less. Um, I found the V ones almost a bit kind of tight on the upper, and I mm. think it was just the material has kind of no stretch in it, whereas the twos do have a bit of that's stretch true. in it. Yeah, and I actually love that, especially oh. in marathon, because if it's a bit hot, your feet kind of swell a bit, and you want, like, a bit of give. So I love that. And, um, yeah, I think I feel like there's something with the foam as well. They've improved the foam somehow, but I'm not going to mess that description up. But it's better. <laughs> I, just, I think there is a bit more cushioning. Okay. We're, we're friendly enough with Todd that we can, we can, we yeah. can start drilling him for questions. I'll just slide into his DMs. <laughs> yeah, Todd will definitely give a better explanation than I will. But they feel great. <laughs> I mean, that's what was missing for me was that pop under the toe. So, like, the original one to me felt very similar to just a regular training shoe where I, wanted, I want to feel that extra race day, like, explosion off the toe. Yeah, I definitely have that. And I think the fast stars do have that. And I, I, so I tend to race like 10K half in the fast star, but I just find them a little bit unstable um, for longer distances. Like I feel it in my ankles over a marathon. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so uh, when you signed with Puma, I know you came over here this summer to train in North Carolina. Ah. When you when you signed with them, did that include a coach change? Did you keep your coach but work with Puma coaches as well? What did that look like? Yeah, so no, it wasn't. It wasn't in my contract or anything. But um, yeah, I was just I was over in the states for the World Champs in Oregon, and um, I basically just said, "Oh, I'm out in the states. Like, do you think I could go and train with the Puma team?" And literally, I said to uh, I said to them one day when I was, I was doing a photo shoot and I was like, oh, do you think we could do that? Literally the next day it was sorted. It was amazing. They're like, yeah, you're going out there. <laughs> Here's the group. So yeah, it was awesome. It was just kind of a, a good opportunity uh, to, you know, go and train with, it looked like such a cool setup. And it's such a, it's a really different setup with training in the US, I think generally, you know, we don't really have, most, to be honest, most marathon athletes in the UK just train by themselves or like one or two other people. We don't really have like pro teams. So I love the idea of that and just having this team to train with and it looked like a really cool environment. Uh, so, so yeah, I wanted to go check it out and it was awesome. Yeah, it was really good. But now yeah, Alistair it's... and Amy who run that group are now just carried on coaching me. Check-in number two, so it is winter grit, but that doesn't mean that you're not sweating out there and that you don't need to hydrate. Hydration is key to workouts, long runs, recovery, 
So make sure you're getting that hydration in all the right doses. Don't ignore your body's need for the H2O. That's sort of new in the U.S. It kind of started a, a few years back with like the NAZ elite and um, I, I mean, I guess Hansen was around before that, but it's really kind of exploded now. Like you, if you go to Flagstaff, there's like three or four teams there and stuff like that. Would you ever consider uh, a more extended visit to the U.S. to to spend more time training over here? Yeah, definitely. I think um, I think plan is to go come out again in January, mainly to well, partly to escape the British winter, which is grim. <laughs> and Alistair has promised me that North Carolina is at least fifteen degrees in winter, so <laughs> I'm holding him to that. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, I think I'd love to. Yeah, I'd love to come out for longer. Kind of visas are a bit of a restriction, but uh, yeah, I think next year come out for for a bit longer kind of do the the dream would be to do like a whole marathon block with the team and yeah that'd be great so how long were you uh in north carolina this summer um only for uh i was only there for three and a half weeks this time just because i had afterwards i had a couple of weeks off and then i needed to get back for london marathon so um so yeah i didn't have that much time but uh yeah, it was it was a short but short but good visit. So we we were there for worlds as well. We watched uh, one of the things that we really enjoyed was watching the women's marathon. I'm sure you were out there watching it too. Were you running back and forth between the spots to catch to catch multiple views, or were you s- sitting in the stands? So I was I was actually running at worlds, but um, I got COVID. Oh. And so okay. that might, yeah, I had to pull out at like halfway because I felt terrible. Um, but yeah, I, I ran the first half of it. <laughs> and okay. then I was in the middle of the <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> I'm sorry. I should have known that. But yeah, I guess we, we were running around. We, I'm guessing we probably saw you for part of it because we were around. But you had COVID during the race or you caught it yeah. while you were out there? Yeah. So I, I mean, I, I, I caught it in the holding camp basically and mm. I didn't to be honest I didn't feel bad before the race on race morning I I woke up and I was like oh you know you kind of feel like you got a bit of a sore throat but there's also like maranoia going on and the rooms were like savagely hot so um yeah I kind of thought it was that and then um yeah just like in the race cramped up terribly and then, oh boy. yeah, I tested positive the next day. So it was bad timing. But I guess in those environments, you know, it's like loads of people have flown all over the world in a confined space. It's going to happen to someone, isn't it? I think a lot of people got it. Yeah. I mean, that's crazy because we have something in common now. We went to your country and came back with COVID. So we got oh, it no. at the London Marathon. We, Yeah, Meg actually, like, we believe she ran it with COVID. Uh, at the start line, I noticed a little blood on her, her um, numbers. I, like, got this rogue bloody nose in the morning, and I had that sore throat in the morning. But again, like, you know, you have the the taper crazies and marathon. You're Travel. Like, it's, it's just those things, and you, you know, shake it off. But, yeah, a couple of days later, tested positive for COVID, so. Oh, and then she gave it to God. me. Well, I mean, good you got through the marathon and didn't feel it too much. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was hard, you know, when you feel off during a race, you can kind of tell, but it's also, you know, 26.2 miles. So it eventually hurts anyway. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
Um, okay, so let's talk about London. Well, before we do, so you got COVID and then how was your recovery from COVID? Yeah, it wasn't, to be honest, it wasn't, I, it wasn't that bad. I, um, it was more, I ran, so I got really bad cramp after like 2K in the marathon and I ran with it till I think it was 25K and basically like running with cramp for 20K as anyone can imagine, it's not the best idea. And I got really bad muscle breakdown. So I basically got rhabdomyolysis, which is like you get so much breakdown that your kidneys can't process it. So it was more oh, no. the recovery from that. Yeah, I felt terrible. That it was more that that I felt terrible from than COVID was like the cherry on just cherry on the cake, making feel terrible. But yeah, it was more that that I really had to be careful, kind of building back from because I was still having like muscle cramps, probably three weeks later. So it was a bit of a bit of a long haul to recover, but yeah, luckily no long term consequences. I don't think and managed to bounce back for London, so that was good. So training for London, you felt pretty confident. Um, let we on paper when you see this two twenty seven, you're the first British woman to cross the line. Everything we just assume as spectators, everything in the lead up must have been great. You must have felt great out there. <laughs> but we know that 10 days before London, you have an incident with a car. So tell us what happened. Yeah, so I was running, it was just getting to taper, I think I had one more session left, one more long run. And I was just running, doing an easy run on the pavement down to the down to the park, and a car pulled out their drive and just didn't look, didn't see me. And I literally whacked into me. Knee took the full brunt of it and swelled up. Couldn't move it the next day. And literally that was, that mm. was kind of me to the taper. It was like how, just managing my knee, trying to run on it. And then didn't do much running for the, for the last 10 days, really. Tried to do strides the day before the race, couldn't do it. And like, I literally couldn't get under six minute miling. And it was, I was at the Elite Me Hotel either. by the <laughs> And I was just, I kind of thought like, how the hell am I going to run a marathon? But you know, you're there and you kind of got two options at that stage. You're like either line up or you don't line up. And that's, that's all you can do. So I was like, well, I might as well line up. You know, I've got to, I just got to do my best. And that might be not getting very far, but I've got to start. So I just went into it with that mentality and thankfully I think half a tube of Voltarol, a lot of race adrenaline and somehow, yeah, somehow I got through it. It did hurt, but you know, it's, I kind of just told myself, I was like, well, it's taking my mind off the general marathon pain. Something is going to hurt. <laughs> so with the success of this, will you add it into your next training cycle? <laughs> <laughs> preferably not <laughs> I mean maybe it's a 10 day taper maybe you don't have to get hit by a car but you know. yeah maybe it's 10 day taper but <laughs> okay yeah. so when when the incident happens um, first of all what was the exchange between you and the person driving the car and then <laughs> actually let's just start there <laughs> um they actually were really angry. I think I don't think it helped that I called them an idiot 
um, in slightly less polite terms. And then they kind of got out of the car and I shouted and I was like, <gasps> my first reaction was like, you know, can am I going to be able to run? And uh, they were just really angry that I was running on the pavement. I mean, I, I was like, you know, would you rather me run on the road? But yeah, they were they were very angry about it. And they, they, they got out of the car and I kind of already shouted at them. And then they were like this massive, bald guy with a lot of tattoos looking quite aggressive and I was like oh god I probably picked the wrong person to shout at and my first reaction was like run off but then I was like oh no I don't want to make any worse (laughs) (laughs) do you remember what kind of car it was (laughs) no but I do know where they live because it's really close to my house so I might just go and I was like after after London I was going to go and stick a poster of my face on the car and just be like this is what you did. Yeah, you should Thanks. you should sign his bumper. <laughs> so were you able to run home after that? I actually so I ran I ran I was running down a hill, so I ran down to the bottom of the hill and then it was really I think like the adrenaline from getting hit got me down there and then when it was I stopped at the traffic lights, so I was like, oh no, this really hurts. So I just hobbled home. Walked home, called it a day, and I think I took two days off. Tried to run in again, and that was basically that was basically me kind of repeating that cycle for the rest of the taper. This is when you could throw in the word gutted. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah, that perfect that was time. <laughs> okay, so the taper is hard enough for for us marathoners, and then add this where you can't do the miles you're expecting to do. Are you waking up every morning just like, fingers crossed, I'll be able to run today? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, yeah, it was just, it was one of those things. Like I knew, I knew logically, you know, I wasn't going to be gaining any fitness at this stage, but it's just, it just feels so wrong not to be running in your taper. And I think every time I ran, like it just hurt so much. And at that stage, I was like, you know, what? all I want to do is just go on a run and like not be in pain and not for it not to be like such an emo- emotional roller coaster just to like go out on a run. So, yeah, it was it was really hard. And um, I actually didn't really tell many people about it, mainly because um, I had like friends staying with me at the time and I didn't tell them because I didn't want to come home every day and then be like, how's your knee doing? You know, and they mean it in the best way possible. But uh-huh. I feel like if you have people asking you every day, being like, oh, could you run today? Does it hurt running? Like, how is it? You just think about it more and more and more. So I took the approach of don't tell anyone, kind of pretend it hasn't happened <laughs> and just like hope it gets better. Uh, and yeah, just get through as much as I could. But it's it's really tough when something goes wrong that close to a race. I think it's just, you know, there's so little you can do about it. And I just had this massive bruise on it, basically. So it's it's Mm. just so, you can't do anything. I am also uh, in favor of the denial. Like, I think that's also, when we're talking about COVID before London, like there were some symptoms there, but, you know, you just push those down and you just pretend they don't exist and then hope that race day just works out fine. So at any point in this lead up, are you are you throwing out the option of dropping out of London or are you always like, I'm going? Um, 
Honestly, no, I didn't really give myself that option. I was like, I'm going. I'm absolutely doing it. I think having had COVID at Worlds and then just a bit of a roller coaster year, really, I was just like, I have to do London. I felt like I put so much into it and Alistair and Amy coaches have put so much into it. You know, getting getting back from COVID after Worlds, it was already really short build up and it was it was it was a real stretch to do it and i just felt like i just couldn't i couldn't not line up there was there was no way i was going to drop out i at least had to start even it's, if i couldn't finish it it's crazy cuz world seems like it was so long ago <laughs> but it was august yeah. right i mean it was it, i mean it feels like it was a year ago already and so yeah, which is like really a short does. build up yeah i mean it really was a short build up but yeah, I think I had six weeks of proper training. Do you have a favorite royal? <laughs> and is for a reason. So I actually, I love William and Kate. I think they're great. Yeah, okay. I'm a big fan. So when you, when you cross the finish line right in front of their house, do, do you get a phone call from them or anything to say, congratulations, you're making our country look awesome? <laughs> I uh, haven't got it yet, but, you know, maybe they'll listen to this okay. and give me a call. <laughs> I We have a network of people. I'm sure somebody knows them. So <laughs> if people are listening, who knows, maybe it's the sponsor over there, the New Balance sponsor can get in touch with them. And I think you deserve a phone call at least, if not like a special holiday. <laughs> yeah, that would be a great, that would be great. A national holiday. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so you don't even have an option of dropping out, but knowing that you couldn't even do your strides the day before at six-minute pace, do you adjust your goal when you line up, or are you just really, like, in denial, I'm going for a goal here, I'm going to be fine? I think I was definitely in denial, but it did, and I, I was still going, you know, I was still really going for it. I was like there is there is no change to my plan but I do think it kind of took the pressure off in a way because I was like you know what this is I've had everything thrown at me I'm not in the best position here but just go out and enjoy it you know you don't know what's going to happen and you can go for it and it might go terribly and I might not get to 5k and my knee might blow up but it might go really well and I was kind of clinging on to that hope of like you just don't know till you try and just go for the go for the a game and you know if you go for it then it might work out it might just work out but if you don't go for it it definitely won't work out so i kind of went for denial and going for it <laughs> i love that and once you start running how does everything feel are you immediately relieved that you can run or does it take a bit to warm up it took a bit to warm up yeah i didn't i didn't actually do that much of a warm up because i kind of didn't want to get the pain in my head uh so it took a bit to warm up and I did I mean I felt it all the way through and there were like there were quite a few moments when it just in in my mind I was like oh if it doesn't get any any more painful I'll be fine and I was obviously I could feel I was running okay on it you know I wasn't running awkwardly on it but it was just a, a constant pain that I could deal with and then there were a couple of moments when it really twinged and kind of made me pick up my foot awkwardly and I was like oh no is it going to you know is this going to be it 
But thankfully, the the twin the twinges were just twinges, and it it stayed a fairly constant level of pain throughout. I think I probably noticed it less in the last bit because that's just everything else was hurting by that stage. So it kind of makes it feel better. <laughs> are you someone who's uh, constantly checking the pace out there in the race, or are you going on effort and feel? I honestly, this time I I was checking the pace till about probably about just before 30k and then the last 12k I was by myself uh once the paces drop off I, that that's the problem with the London elite women's race it does pretty much always become like a solo time trial at the end and so I had the last 12k by myself and I was honestly just too scared to look at my watch and I knew by that time I was in first for place and I was just like, just run, just run as fast as you can. And so I barely looked at my watch and then I, I realised like as I was coming around, I was going to be so close to the world qualifying time. So then at the end, I was just like focusing so hard on that and trying to hold the pace. But I was just, it's really hard when you haven't got anyone to run with to kind of know what pace you're running. So I almost didn't want to look in case it was too slow and I was, didn't want to like demotivate myself. Um, but I think my last two miles were the quickest of the race. So that was good. <laughs> that was the opposite for me. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So you're now, you, you finished first place at London. So you're the best British Brit. I know what we're talking about, Brit. Who's <laughs> with you being the best British female runner. Who's the second best. What from London? Yeah, well, British female marathoner. <laughs> oh well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say I'm the best British. Oh, I, see, this I've was been... a trick question. <laughs> in London on that day, but uh, but yeah, there are a few ahead of me in terms of time. Um, but yeah, I think I, I can't even remember who came. I think oh yeah, Steph Joel came second in London, Brit. Um, but yeah, in terms of time, it's a, it's a really strong field at the moment, to be honest. Like British marathon running for women has just, it's got so much quicker over the last couple of years. Uh, it's, yeah, I mean, my 227 a few years ago, I'd be, yeah, right up at the top. And now there are, there are a few girls with 222, 223. So yeah, so it's really strong. It's really strong. It's great. Yeah, the same same thing's happening over here in the U.S. Yeah. The women's distance running is just exploding. It's, like, so much fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, it's, the American scene is, is insane. Like, the times are just amazing. How do the pacers work in London? Because we were just talking to someone who ran Berlin, and there... She had a pacer. Every the female time. had their own individual pacer or pacers... And and some of them ran the entire marathon with them. Yeah, that's awesome. I think I'm signing up to Berlin for that reason next year. Um, it looked so yeah. good. <laughs> but yeah, in London, it's basically the the challenge with it is is because it has to be a women's only race uh, for world record reasons. I think it has to. Yeah, you can, you can only have women running, so you can only have women paces. So I think, I mean, I think technically they could go all the way, but obviously if a woman is going to pace a marathon at 227, they're going to be running it. Uh, so that's, yeah, the, the women. 
Well, they're just very, very nice, oh. generous people. <laughs> I'll, I'll pace you right up to the finish line and then I'll cross before you. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so so they normally go to like halfway or or 30K is the, is the standard. But yeah, we're not we're not allowed like individual paces. They have to be group paces and and women. Yeah, I think it Berlin, did sound pretty awesome. Nice like to have it all the way through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I would have loved that in the last twelve k. That would have been great. <laughs> Let them worry about your pace. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just having someone to run with that—that that is the problem with London. It's just is lonely. It's really lonely because you just don't have. Like you, you don't have any men or like any, you know, in the, in, if you have men running with you, you normally get some kind of quick club guys who, who can keep you going, but you just don't have that in London. Yeah. We, um, back behind you, there is plenty of people just to let you know, mm-hmm. if you slow down like 20 minutes or so, plenty There's of a party. <laughs> <laughs> so how has recovery been? Since London, I mean, you weren't exactly primed heading into it. So has it been a longer recovery than usual? Yeah, it definitely has. And to be honest, I've just, I've been, I've been mindful of that. And I think I rushed back because I had to, I rushed back after Worlds and I rushed that recovery and I just, yeah, I didn't have time. And then I've never really had a proper break from, I mean, I say that I started like two and a half years ago, so I probably didn't really need a good break. But I've never really had a a proper break after a marathon of more than like a week. So I think having done, I've done oh, Cheshire, London, Seville, Worlds, London. I felt like injuries and knee and car crash aside, it was kind of time to take a proper recovery, and then. The knee injury forced that anyway because it hurt after the race. So uh, I had, yeah, I've had like four weeks no running. Uh, did a bit of biking and four? training. But yeah, four. Yeah. Wow. It's a long time off. It's like a month. Yeah, I feel like it's good for a minute. It's just kind of nice, you know, you have your whole year is like so structured and following a plan the whole time. And I love it, but I feel like you need sometimes kind of need to take a proper step back to take a step forward and to, I want to go into the next block really itching to go and, you know, can't wait to get back to training and the plan and working hard. And I feel like to get there, I need to have like a complete downtime period and just decompress. Cause it's also just been like an emotional and, emotional roller coaster this year there have been like so many highs so many lows and just to like have time to process that has been has been nice third check-in as this is winter grit the best thing about Winter Grit is the community that we have of all the runners together. If you don't have a community, try to link up with somebody, a friend for a run. Just get out there, get your personal mindset reset, have a good conversation, and just use that support to keep you going through the month. Since you've had some extra time to decompress, is 
this first place finish in London, is this the highlight of your running career so far? Yeah, I mean, there have been a lot of highlights, but I think I think just with with the build up and and having you know disappointment at Worlds and then the rocky the rocky end to my build up to London, it was it just kind of made it all more special. And yeah, I mean to to come first on first Brit on your own town is there's like nothing like it, and like all my friends and family were there, and yeah, it was. I think it's been the highlight so far. That's amazing. So after you fully recover, what what are you putting on your schedule or do you have plans for anything yet? So I think actually I might take, I was toying with the idea of doing a spring marathon, but I might actually do, do a bit of shorter stuff in spring. And that's, I feel like that's really what I'm lacking in my training so far. Yeah, you know, I've just rolled from one marathon build to the next and my my endurance is actually I feel like my, naturally I'm I'm all right at the endurance side of it and I can just have got I've got a bit of a diesel engine I can just keep going but the speed is where I struggle and the track workouts and that's the side that I can really gain on so I'm going to focus on that and I think also it's kind of good good for your body to just have a mix it up a bit have a bit of a break from marathon and do some like 10k half maybe even 5k if I can find some fast twitch muscle fibers uh and yeah (laughs) do that do that for spring and then really go for it for an autumn marathon so that's plan maybe Berlin I was gonna say it sounds like Berlin (laughs) (laughs) is does the short stuff excite you or does that sound not fun because I personally like a 5k is my nightmare it hurts yeah yeah, it's kind of my nightmare, but that's kind of why I want to do it as well. Because <laughs> it's, I know it's like, I, it's my nightmare because I'm not very good at it. And I struggle with, I struggle with that kind of pain. Like give me the marathon pain any day and I can lean into it and I can get through it. And I work well with it. But I feel like I've, I've got too much of a marathon mindset. When I get a bit of lactic, I'm like, oh no, that's not good. You're going into the red and you've got to run a whole marathon, so don't do that. But 5K, you have to get there and you have to stay in the red and just hold it. So I want, I, mm. I'm i scared, but I want to work on it and I'm excited for it. Wow. Yeah, you're much braver than I am. I'm still just avoiding those distances for now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe come back to me in a few months and see how it's going. <laughs> I might have changed my mind. <laughs> Back to the marathon. Yeah. <laughs> Spring marathon it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um awesome. Okay, we just have a few end of podcast questions for you. So headphones or no headphones on a solo run? So I do a bit of both, but I actually I like no headphones. I think especially running in London, it can be a bit firstly after the car incident, I think I'm definitely going no headphones, but it can just be a bit overwhelming. Yeah, that's fair. There's kind of too much going on. Um, but I like going out to like Richmond Park, which is um really, really beautiful park, kind of 20 minutes away. And actually just like enjoying that is nice as well. So I actually I go no headphones more than I go headphones. Okay, when you do have headphones in, what are you listening to? Oh, uh, my music. So my 
running music is actually pretty terrible. It's like proper, <laughs> proper pop, um, but like gets you going. It's like nothing I would listen to in the house, but I have a special running playlist. It's actually called like really shit for songs for running because they're really terrible, but they <laughs> just make me happy. And I always listen to the same playlist and I just go along and it's great. <laughs> I love that. That's amazing. Okay, what is your go-to race mantra or tactic when the marathon gets tough? Um, so when it when it starts to hurt, I think, and actually my, weirdly, my coach didn't know about my knee, but said this to me before London. And he was like, just remember when it hurts, that's when you get to show them how tough you are. And I thought about that so much in London, and now that is my race mantra for when it hurts. Unfortunately, that is the same slogan I live by, but I'm not that tough. (laughs) I show them now. (laughs) Okay, and our last question for you is, what is your celebratory post-race meal and or beverage? Probably pizza, although I didn't have that after the London this year, but I love Mm. like a really good pizza. I mean, not that I like don't have that. that. Yeah. Normally I do, but yeah, that's that's kind of a really good go-to. And then, yeah, a few drinks as well. Adult, I was going to say adult beverages mixed in with there. Yeah. We actually went yeah, to a definitely. decent pizza place that I think is, we went to a decent pizza place. I think it's somewhat of a, is it a Pil- chain? Uh, Pilgrim's Pizza, does Pil- that sound right? Oh, yeah, that is good. Pizza yeah. Pilgrim's. It wasn't bad at all. Yeah, 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 that's it. And I will tell you a little tip. If you walk around with your London Marathon medal, we got free pints and free burgers. We got... They treat you like royalty there. They told us there was a 45-minute wait. We pulled out the medal. They're like, we'll clear a table for you right now, sir. Like, it was amazing. (laughs) We got VIP treatment. We didn't... I tried to get Megan to wear it. She wouldn't wear it. Yeah. It was. I mean, I was surprised because we went to the one place and we were in Soho and we put our medals down on the table and they said, oh, did you just run the marathon? We're like, yeah. And they're like, you get a free burger and a free pint of beer. And I was like, this is great. And it wasn't like a crappy burger. It was a decent, like, restaurant-made burger. Uh, Yeah, it's great. And they sometimes do it the next day as well. So you can basically, like, just go around, like, eating for two days. It's it's brilliant. (laughs) See, I love that. They don't do – that's a new thing for us. Yeah, they don't do that over here. No, you could walk in, you show them a medal, they'd be like, next. (laughs) (laughs) All right, right, well, thank you so much for your time, and thanks for giving us the rundown. Sorry about some of the – you know, gaffes as far as me not knowing all of the, uh, like that you've per- previously were at Worlds, not to spectate, but to participate. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, you probably saw us. We were like spectating right along with you. <laughs> big, big congrats again on your first place finish in London. That is an amazing accomplishment. And I hope your recovery goes very well and that you enjoy that fast training. Yeah. And honestly, I'm going to go back and look at the video, Meg, and see if we have Rose on. Yeah, we probably have. I, I was recording there, everybody with a GoPro <laughs> doing the women's race, so I probably, I probably oh. have video of you running. So we'll see. Ah, oh, awesome! I actually have like no photos from Wild, so if you have it, send it across. All right. Okay, uh, we'll we will check. for sure. All right. 
sorry, Thomas, you're not here. Yeah, yeah we, we missed, missed you. you. You just you Jinx. didn't make the cut, dude. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. he'll be. I, maybe the people will vote. We'll put a poll out there. <laughs> Thomas, come back. They can't. They can't reply. <laughs> if, it, if it swung the wrong way, he would yeah, lose his mind. You would. But uh, yeah, good job to all y'all doing great, yes. crushing. It. Even though last week was. This past week was basically summer. Yeah, yeah, it's not very gritty yet. I mean, I ran in shorts and a t-shirt today and felt great. Come I know on. I was sweating in a shorts and a t-shirt. Ridiculous. I kind of love it. I definitely love weather's it. Weather's kind of nice. I yeah, like 40, 50 degrees. What do you want, colder than that? Yeah, I mean, give me like some 40 degree days. Oh, I'll sure. take 30s too. This 50, 60 is BS? Absolutely not. Really? Not yeah. in the winter. I mean, all Not right. when I'm about to race a marathon. All right. Yeah, I guess you are doing... No, you need that. You need that in your I know, system. I am acclimating yeah. or whatever. You need to get a little bit of that just okay. in case. Okay. Um, all right. Well, that's it for this week. Please leave a review and a like. Subscribe to this podcast on all your platforms. Leave five stars. For sure, leave five mm-hmm. stars. That helps us. Leave us a review, too. I want to get yeah. to the top of that running podcast charts at some point. Yeah. It's going to be hard. Help us get there. Ali on the run. Yeah, she's really holding the throne. She's too good. <laughs> yeah. She's not mad about it. It's okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah. Thanks, guys, for listening. Thanks, Brandon, for editing this later. Oh, yeah. I'll and, probably uh, have to just go do it right now. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Mom. Bye.